December 14, 2002. It's a Watt from Pedro show.
I heard the news, I nearly hit the floor. Here I am in such good company. Elbow broomstick jab, a chance to flee. from Pedro show here on a kind of cloudy um, Saturday here in Pedro peddling I wanted to pedal to Catalina but two Pedro guys Aaron White Vinny Vegas haired out and it might be raining over there anyway later on today so next week or two I'll go take my boat my bike on the boat and pedal with buffaloes and wild boar. Brother Matt, you used to uh, run the boats? Yeah, yeah, that was fun. I was like, wow, I get paid too? That was a great job, just making island runs three, four times a day sometimes. For years. Yeah, I used to run the parking lot there. For oh, yeah, yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah, late 70s. Yeah. So um, I came back from Europe, did those four gigs with Jay Mascus and Ashton Brothers. Doing Stooges songs. It's pretty wild. I didn't bring a bass. I played whatever was there. And they were all fenders. They were all pretty good. It was very loud, though. <laughs> I have to tell you. One of the loudest gigs I've ever... Um, I had to do most of them by Braille. Couldn't tell where the <laughs> drum beat was. Where the, No bass. 
total mime with the voice and stuff, but it's very honored to do it in spite of that. It was a lot of fun. It was wild. Got the heavy search coming in, of course. Maybe that's too bigger now. Every time I do a border, I'm going to get the search. So. Spunk. <laughs> Automatic. Automatic. Uh, one of the customs officers told the other one he's an 18. So whatever that means. Watch out if you get the 18 label. Um, I got some benefits next week with Dose for Toberman House Wooten Center. Oh, cool! Annual Christmas deal. Yep. Is that a sacred grounds? Yeah, the Toberman one. The Wooten Center is in Long Beach at D Piazza's. The John Doe. Cool. That should be wild. Uh, start off with John Coltrane, piece called Serenity. Which is what I need. <laughs> Maybe others. And then uh, something from the new Eyes Drift record. Uh, a song called Dottie Don and Julie Jewel. And that's Chris Novoselic singing, playing the bass. Kirk Kirkwood on the guitar, Bud Gow on the drums. And what I got to play for you next here. I'm going to play for you next here is an interview I did with Chris Novoselic in San Diego on uh, November 6, 2002, a month and a half ago. First in the club till it got too loud, and then we moved out to the boat. So, hear what's on Chris' mind. What from Pedro show? It's a. Uh November 6, 2002. Unfortunately, my last gig with the Ice Drift team. It's been a, been a blast playing these gigs at the Cats. Yeah, great band. Great band. And uh, here we go with the recital. Hey, Pete! Well, tell you what, want to go somewhere Pete. else? Hey! Join the center. Join the center. <laughs> Can the recital. You're great. Wonderful. Play for me all the way home, three hours. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, at the end of this little swing, I got to do uh, it with you ten months ago. Maybe that was your first tour? Yeah, that's our first tour. So, what's the difference? Well, what's going on is uh, we're a lot tighter. We're Dylan Morris' band. We came out of the box uh, pretty green there. But we're still, we're, we were cranking on that original chemistry that compelled us to. to see the project through and uh, just time and experience just spawns the band you know it's just uh, starts yelling and uh, it's good well yesterday was elections yeah what do you think well I think it was just a big joke and you know low turnout uh, uh, there was nothing really to vote for as candidates go for I mean it's just two party system U.S. Congress was decided you know, months ago when we came up with the new uh, congressional districts. You know, there's fewer results and basically new sophisticated uh, demographic data to uh, gerrymander these districts to, uh, for their own political gain. So, you know, out of uh, 435 United States House uh, races, 
only about 20 who are even competitive. And that's really gross. And I don't think that's very democratic. What about executive branch and legislative branch belong to the same party? Is yeah, see, that's, that's pretty screwy because the United States is not a conservative country. I think it, it, there's people that's thought you know, half the voters are conservative or moderate, the other half are moderate and too progressive, and then there's the silent majority. Yeah. You know, the other 50% of people who don't even bother to vote. Very blind. I don't think they're uh, very conservative. They just really don't care. Um, I think, you know, the media had a lot to do with uh, these elections. They just gave George Bush a free ride. Jeez, you know, the California energy crisis. I mean, you know, the Union Gospel Mission had to pay high utility bills, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So they were stealing money from the mission. Bush knew that they was doing that. It's funny. Yeah, kind of yeah, what kind of people steal from the mission? I mean, it's gross. The whole war in Iraq, it's about oil, pure and simple. Come on, I don't believe they have weapons of mass destruction. They haven't made a case for it. They're trying to sell it that way, though. Right? They're trying like to sell fear, it that way. Yeah, and so basically, I mean, you want to see the next two years is going to be this, like, you know, it's already the imperial presidency. And I think the Democrats got what they deserved. I mean, they rolled over like gods. Yeah. And look what they got for it. I mean, there's just no leadership. I feel that Tom Daschle needs to step down now as minority Gephardt, leader. Yeah. Gephardt's got to go, too. Yeah, he just did. Gephardt just sits. Oh, good. Resigned. So, okay. So some ladies were taking his place. Oh, good. Good. I felt that right away when I heard the election results. It's like, listen, man, you got to tell people the truth. And I went and saw Ralph Nader speak in Longview, Washington a few weeks ago. He was so right on. And I was thinking, like, where are the mainstream Democrats you know, to just take this message? You know, well, you know our governor race here. Yeah. He's got 250,000 votes. Sure. A quarter of a million. A quarter of a million votes, indeed. But see, it's kind it, of goes, wild. it goes to the electoral system. I don't know why the Democrats and the Republicans, for that matter, are so afraid of like more progressive voter techniques. Like, if you had instant runoff voting, right, people would vote for a uh, uh, green candidate, and they'd probably vote for, they would have voted for uh, Davis, too, because he, he signed some pretty good legislation in regards to, like, auto emissions, right? So they would have cast their second vote for him, right? So that means that people aren't left out in the political wilderness, okay? Because you win 50, you just win a plurality of votes in your district, and then you, you represent 100% of the district, so that, that you know... 50% or more people who even bother to vote, their vote doesn't merit any representation, right? They still have to pay taxes. They're still subject to the laws and regulations of the land. So what I'm advocating is a proportional representation model that, like, we can start in our state legislatures and have larger districts. Instead of single member to intertake all districts, we can have... Uh, uh, larger multi-member super districts whose members are elected proportionally. So people actually have people have somebody. See, and what I don't get right now is like I'm really disappointed with third party because like what do they want to do? Do they, do they want to be something or do they want to do something? You know? And it's like and we live in a two-party system here in the United States where the coalitions are built for the Right? So I would recommend to any third parties not to run any candidates, just to put, keep with their platform and try to find out who in the, in the major two incumbent parties yeah, would, would, would benefit from maybe the five or 
seven or ten ten percent of the vote, you know, even five percent of the vote that they could bring in there, you know, go to that candidate and say, here, you know, we're from this party, you know, we want to have, we need this issue, we want this wetlands preserved, or we want this kind of, you know, admission standard, or we want some, you know, some kind of health insurance deal, or something like that, education issue, right? And so you deliver those votes to the candidate, and then the candidate gets elected. And you come and knock in January when the legislative session starts with the legislative agenda. So here it is. This is what we people need. There's five things you promised us. Let's work on it. Let's make it happen. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what they do here. Right? Well, small parties have a little more power. They do it. They do. They do it the other way around in Europe. So small parties are actually elected, mm -hmm. and they they build a coalition after the election. They build a coalition in the legislative body. Yeah. So uh, small parties can be very critical. They could, they Swing. could be, they could be over there. Uh, you see it in Israeli politics. These are kind we'll of extreme uh, religious parties, right? They can make or break the government because they're so close between the bigger ones. Yeah, yes, and there's some uh, other countries used to have, have the same system as Israel, but they changed it because of because of that problem. And what's it called? What that's called is that we have an electoral threshold. Well, you need to get at least like 10 or 15 percent of the vote to get elected, right? So that keeps all the tiny, small parties out, but it's really fractured uh, uh, a coalition. It's a little more mainstream, and so you know, and that's and that's still a pretty low number. I mean, 15, 15 or 20 percent threshold you need to cross the American application. It's pretty good. We kind of have that for even just debates. We have that for <laughs> debates, and we have that for like in primaries, like low yeah. turnout primaries. Basically, you get like you know, 15 percent of the uh, uh, electorate voters who bother to turn out and advance their candidate in the primary. So now the Republicans they got what they wanted. So maybe in a way it's kind of good because they don't have anyone to blame. Well, it could be like that. Let's see how how, how crazy they get. How how they. I mean, as long as it stays inside the, the Constitution. The, yeah, as long as it stays inside the Constitution. Yeah. No, I mean, that's my big fear. Well, we have to remember, too, is that's what people in the media are completely forget, that these people are constitutional officers, and we owe them no loyalty. We only owe our Constitution loyalty. As far as the political scene, I don't think it's going to be much different, because the Democrats have been in They're rolling over. So what's the difference if the Republicans... Uh, uh, this homeland thing, uh, they're going the to get through. Security. Yeah, we'll see what happens. They're, they're, they're they're gonna, he's going to get his judges appointed. He's been complaining about that. You still need. Although they were doing it to Clinton. They were doing it to Clinton, yeah. He's complaining about that, but you still need two thirds of the majority right. to, to, to get a judge appointed. So, no. At least he can move the committees forward. I guess he's been just stalled in committees and not even oh, votes. Yeah, he's got the but they were doing the same thing with Clinton. It's an old trick. The, the other party does this. To screw with the executive, and the executive does things to screw with, like, I mean, I think it was a principle of federalism, that we can't really trust people's good natures, I mean, my read on that stuff, you can't trust good natures, so what you do is you make it competitive enough, they'll use their sense of greed to keep the other guy in check, and you won't just rely on his, quote, honor. Like a rubber stamp, right? You should ask hard questions. You know, I'm really proud of my congressman, Brian Baird. He got reelected. He voted no in the Iraq resolution. Oh, wow. He's a good guy. He's a smart guy. I'm really proud of him as a congressman. I hope he moves up in He's really smart. And uh, I think you know, he's just got that pizzazz, too. He's really 
people. I may need to talk to people, the working people. Again, see, you know, Ralph Nader Street, there's all this, you know, blue collar guys with their like Harley shirts on and their union caps on. And, uh, you know, that, that's the people who, who this country's about. They feel, they feel disaffected, you know. But we have, like, Ralph was talking about, we have no corporate crimes database, you know. Yeah, yeah, but we yeah, got sex Yeah, we got all sex offenders. And of course, you know, Uh, road uh, uh, 
infrastructure investment, basically gas tax, that, that failed, and this uh, measure to make car taps, $30, flat tax, one. Uh, I don't understand how people are going to pay for those. So, they, so where's the vision? I don't know, I don't get it. Because touring all the years, I've noticed Northwest is changing big time. Yeah. Lots of roads, lots of track housing, lots yeah. of malls. Yeah, it's a big lot. They're all just fine. It's the same thing, too. I can't believe it. But it's all over and over again. Yeah. All these chain stores and chain stores and chain stores. Where's the free enterprises? Yeah, I don't want to see them. It's hard for them. Basically, like, the United States is a disneyland democracy. Hey, I guess we want to vote for a ride. The Soviet Union doesn't have one party. We have two parties. We have all this just decentralized economy. Well, we shop at Walmart, Pet Smart, Target, you know, the situation is just a just a lot of things. It seems like the United States is a bunch of, it's all like a pound here, is what it is. It's just like, well, you know, you, you, got, you get the burning feeling in your gut, you take a it just seems like, you know, the pound of cure is like, oh, well, let's just bomb them. We just keep bombing them and bombing them. We can just look at how successful Ariel Sharon has been in Israel. You know what I mean? And uh, it's like, yeah, right. It's pretty, it's pretty fundamental. It's really racist. Yeah, I see what air apps and they're all the same. They're just getting screwed over. They're still paying the price for their colonial construct. You and I and Pete had that conversation the other night about the Balkans the same way. Just these people caught in turmoil on the edges of this empire, right? They're pulled out of their colonial trip. They make these like artificial barriers, and it's like causing a lot of problems. Yeah. Look at Iraq. It's kind of like Yugoslavia. It's escape, basically, That's what Saddam is looking at. He's holding them all together. So, that's why they kept them in power. Right, they brought them in. They brought them the in. The 70s. Yeah, so they're still getting, they're getting this oil right now, but they're tired of paying for it. So, they figure they can just go in and take it. They don't even have to go look for it. They know where it is. Yeah. Yeah. They're just going to take it. These oil companies, they sold Saddam Hussein, Park and Energy, Dick Cheney, sold him millions of dollars worth of oil. And, and are the people after this, you think? What's the, what, what's the mood of the people? That's like, a good question. I think people are just kind of bouncing around like a bunch of zombies, man. There's a lot of fear, and people are not hip to it because they're getting fed a lot of distortion on the TV. The television is very disingenuous. The television, it, I'll, say, I'll just say it's a lie. It's just a bunch of lies. People believe it. want to believe it, you know? And, uh... Uh, it's really hard to watch it, so I don't even watch it anymore. I just can't watch the lies anymore. I just can't watch the rubber stamp these atrocities of the administration. The government's just leaders with us on. You know, they're just getting away with murder. Look at what was going on with, like, Clinton. You know, all those attack dogs, they were writing books. They went as far as impeaching them. They tried to impeach them. And, uh... You know, that was a cottage industry for Clinton bashing, right? And so then Bush gets in there and then, like, all those attack dogs, you know, they quiet down somewhat. Now they go after, you know, there's, like, George Will and William Sapphire and 
all these jokers talking heads on TV. They're 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 back from the Nixon woods. Yeah. They're the Nixon attack dogs. And uh, you know somebody you know shows a little dissent and just jump jump ashore and shred them. Well, people, people are fed. People are fed that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, you know there's the stereotypes and there's fear. And, Get they beat the drum beat over and over again, the evildoers, they couldn't accept something. It's just annoying. I read a thing about a girl in West Virginia in high school getting kicked out for having an anarchy written on her t shirt. And one of his other students said, How can anybody wear a shirt like that after 9 11? Yeah, after 9 11. Well, that's like, you know, they just paste themselves into the whole thing. Like when I used to live in Yugoslavia, there was, back in 1980, there was just like all these war memorials everywhere. This is like, you know, 19. Uh, you know, and they just paste they just paste themselves into the great heroic struggle. This is the fight against evil. This event, you know, is you know, let's roll. It's like when George Bush would talk to the U.S. Olympic team. He gave him a sentence. He said, "Let's roll." I mean, he milks that thing so bad. It's just gross. It's terrible that they're all working for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pay the price for, for that. And. Uh, you know, patriotism is the last uh, refuge from scandals. You know, so I'd speak, I'd like to speak in patriotic terms. You know, the Constitution, our nation, our system of government. I oppose our system of elections. But um, you know, then once you once you strip that all away, then you can see how their ideology is faltered. Like the Republicans are the they're the party of less government. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, building a day on defense, uh, you know, these civil attacking our civil liberties, you know, drug laws, it's all it's all a charade. Yeah, but they need government to you know, bail out, you know, Neil Bush or whoever gets in trouble anyway. It's horrible. What can you do? I mean you could still make a difference I, mean, I just wish people would get more engaged. I, mean, I, I like that idea of having that. Getting a third party together, or an existing third party, and just instead of running candidates, like what we want to have candidates, but they're not going to be. You know what I mean? Unless someone like John McCain, who's way mainstream. You know what I mean? But it's such it's such a centrist deal that it, it would be it would be kind of like a crapshoot. You know what I mean? I mean, Jesse Ventura put a lot of stuff, but he brought in a lot of non-voters, right? Right. So if you can have a party. You can have this third party in their state and say, well, we're going to have precinct captains, you know, in every precinct, or we're going to have, you know, district captains, right? We're going to have, they're going to be the head of their district. There's a state party, right? It's just to cultivate, you know, non-voters. You can even do, we did that in Jam Pack in Seattle when we wanted to turn out uh, voters in uh, 2001 uh, mayoral election. And we held, we held a focus group study is what we did. We had two groups of this demographic, uh, 18 to 20-year-olds, and then like 21 to like 24-year-olds, right? And we asked them what issues they were, what would make them vote. Now, New English did that. It was a, the same thing as like, New English did the same thing in uh, 1994. He did a bunch of marketing surveys to see what people wanted. Put this contract in America again. We wanted to do this contract with you, but I think that was a little too much. I had a specific reason to 
did that, our research told us that young people really were concerned about the music that she was doing, were concerned about the inclusion, right? So we put this message together, and we did an independent expenditure, and basically attacked it all. And uh, it was in a close race. We pulled out. We pulled in about maybe 2%, something like that. Yeah. To swing it, you know what I mean? So it can be done, but you, can, you know, you can do it if you have the resources and you get the money together, you know, just hire some uh, uh, campaign consultants. There's some good ones out there. Just mainstream campaign consultants. Get a gig, right? Nice money, pay your bills, and, uh, you know, do the research and put it together. And you can do it together. Um, especially with so many of these races are so close, the electorate is so divided. Bring in non voters, right? Like you're the king. Yeah. The problem with the third party is you know, there's no clear majority. You know what I mean? Once you start getting into multi party, you're going to take all system. You have to win it. 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 You have to win I think if they knew about the more modern system, they would have been all over it. That never, that never came up in the election either. Hey, what about Armageddon? Born again president. You know what I mean? It's really screwing his constituency. Maybe they're the wrong public servants for that gig. Oh, man. Then again, there's a media for you. This election is about nothing. You know? It was about nothing. Like, Gray Davis was on television this morning. He goes, I'm going to look for ideas from the left or from the right. If it's a good idea, then we're going to make California better. It's like, why did you run even, why did you even run for governor? That was just such a, like, he had no ideas. He's going to look for ideas after he gets elected, you know? That's what I say. These people want to be governor. Want to be senator, but they don't want to do. I watched this thing on World Link, this TV show on the bus the other day. And they showed the what uh, Baghdad looked like after the bombing. It was shocking. There's people strewn out. They killed tens and tens and tens of thousands of civilians. Charred bodies, blown up bodies, buildings collapsed, cars blown up. And I go, wow, this happened 10 years ago. I, you know, I've never seen that living here in the United States. How sanitized it is. So shame on CNN. Shame on Fox. All those people who think that they're fat, fair and unbiased. It's like, you know, we can show people we have to be We can show people the world. The best war movies are out there. It sure seems like it's just a devolution, like, these political attack ads. I saw some attack ads on the road that nothing less than like some cheap low-end cable stalker would do that. They'd find their opponent and like the opponent kind of looks out of the side of their eyes and they it. It's just like weird stalking. It's just really gross. And they know that all they have to do is turn off voters. They only really need three voters in the election. Two to go to them and one to go to the other guy. Right. And they win. So, to just disengage people, make people see the democracy. So they're all doing it. And stylistic things like the guy look at his face. Yeah, the guy's look at his face. It's just really terrible and gross. And so okay, it's you. about being exclusive. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, the media, the news is just like, they're just kind of a, a, a trumpet. 
guess what, what I, I know what you're saying is like nobody wants to do anything. People just want to be something. Like I want to be a rock star. So you just slick looking guys dancing around, naked women. It's so weird how the, the savage the world lived on this other planet.
the silence, but not tonight, not tonight. I'm still trying to figure out which side I should sleep on, and I start reading books from the dust-covered shelf. Words mean nothing, but they keep my mind from. Thinking needless thoughts and licking the wounds of another day. I want this a good night's sleep. I want this a good night's sleep. Daily grind. White preacher made all of us good. Wasn't in preacher much when I married. Well, who did you? Uh, uh, when did you first start going to church then? Well, we go to church then. We had church before. Before, like you know, preachers didn't know nothing, you know, on what they hear as much. Was he a traveling preacher, or was yes. he just his he, colored preacher? Yes, was he? just traveling, you know, and stopping preach Elder Haywood and Goins, and so that's our preacher's name. Well, what would they preach about? Can you remember? Well, they just preached we had a God and a soul to be saved, and so on. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did they preach good as preachers preach today? Oh, no. No, they didn't know nothing. They didn't read the Bible sometimes in places they could read. No, they were preachers wasn't educated at all. They weren't, huh? No, Some of them couldn't read and write at all. No, they spelled letters and so on. They didn't read and write at all. Yeah, some of them couldn't read and write at all, just on the priest. What they heard others say, you know. And some of them after getting older and wiser, you know. Well, what about the songs that they sang? That's what I'm interested in. I didn't go much when they sang them songs. Well, did they sing these old 100s? you know what an old 100 is? Well, these old-time songs. Uh-huh. Yes. Where they line off one, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus bear the cross alone, and yeah. all the world go free. You yeah. heard that? Haven't yeah, yeah. That's where I'm going. I say, mm-hmm. the way he's speaking to do out there, it's being treated by me. Yeah. 
Morris was, he's still in Florida. Well, now, who was your second husband, ain't Who was my second husband? Let me see, who was my second husband? Who you married man? again after uh, uh, your, what's old his man, name, Smith? Old man, uh, oh, I married Bolson Sard was my second husband. Bolson Sard? Yeah. And, uh, How long did you live with him? About a year, two years. He, oh. he had a good Ely engine blood in him. He did? Mm -hmm. And then my next husband was old man. Well, now what happened to Bolton Sorrels? He died or did you divorce him? Mm -hmm. he, he wouldn't sign the divorce, but I got my divorce from him. That's the thing. You did? He, he, you know, he, he, he lived a long time after. After me and him married. Well, after after you separated from him, who did you marry? Old man Purcell. What's his name? Old man Purcell. Uh, how old was he? Oh, he's eligible. He's older now. Five. What from Pedro show? That was uh, Aunt Harriet. And Harriet Smith from uh, record John Henry Falk talking to ex-slaves. Uh, kind of oral history thing. Before that, a band called uh, Arse from uh, France. These cats gave me their CDs over there. And that was uh, Confessions of a Caffeine Junkie. Before that, we had the theme from that English show in the 60s called The Prisoner. And uh, right after Chris, the interview with Chris Novoselic, another Europe band that gave me a CD, Nawala Jom Experience with Baba Arabi. Uh, seconds. Coming on the end here of the first hour, December 14, 2002 edition of the Watt from Pedro show. Six days and I'm 45. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Hold tight for hour two. December 14, 2002. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show. Yeah. 
That's from uh, Them Ranch, Ohio band. A song called Podunk Punk. Started off with um, Government Mule doing Slap. No, Slow Happy Boys, not Slap Happy. <laughs> from their new record, slap The Deep Happy. End Volume 2. I was on Volume 1 there. And Jack Casty played bass with them there. Now I'm very happy to bring you Brother Matt's Spin Cycle.
should learn to take advantage of these services more frequently.
Black. 
Thank you very much, Brother Matt. Cool, thank you. Here's some nerves. Watt from Pedro Show.
look at me! Look at me! Look at me! Excuse me! Excuse me! I see it! I see it! I feel it! I don't fucking deserve this shit! I paid for a first class ticket, I don't need a fucking cunt come up to me and do that shit! See you in Tokyo, bitch! Ask a fuck, that, that, new job, new job, love, new job, love, to release the fucking fury, to release the fucking fury, forget about it, I was sitting here, and all of a sudden, this bitch comes and just fucking pours all this water over us, what do you It's a war, we'll give her a fucking war. I killed that fucking motherfucker. I killed that motherfucker. You fat fuck the white fucking ugly shirt. Where's the water? You fucking come on. Where's the water? Come on! Where's the water? You don't need the problem, man. Let's get something sticky. It's an insane fucking soul out there. What do you think about this, Barry? Uh, a little commentary on the tape. Uh, this is for, uh, you know, whoever it may concern. I don't know. It's, it's recording right now. No comment. I think it's quite amusing myself. I don't think it's at all amusing. I mean, it's um, action packed day on the flight right here. I've had it. You've had it? What from Pedro show? Um, That's a pretty uh, trippy thing there. <coughs> it's in a mouse steam about 10 years ago. Somebody had a tape recorder. He got doused with a glass of water after saying some stupid stuff on an airplane by a Japanese lady. And he was spurred on to unleash the fury. (laughs) (laughs) Too much. It just got put on the Internet a few days ago. Maybe he's got a tour coming up or Mm. something, huh? Um, before that, Slater Kinney, with one more hour, and we started with the nerves, something from the 70s, called When You Find Out. The guy who sang that song, Peter Case, is going to be at that benefit Friday, John Doe. I'm going to play with uh, Doe's, Kira. And a benefit for the uh, Wooten House in Compton. Help kids out. Okay, um... Here's Butler, some super Celtic, Watt from Pedro's show.
offends the English lords. Other landlords land. Catch your scratching balls. Other landlords land. And I'll have your scrubbing stalls.
Watt from Pedro Show. That's Patsy Klein and Care of the Blues. For that, Landlord's Land, Super Celtic, Butler on the guitar, and the Scottish accent there at the end, or Irish, or Renaissance Fair. Probably New Jersey from where he's from. <laughs> More like that. Yeah, Renaissance Fair. <laughs> he probably gets a lot of those gigs. <laughs> it's there. Okay. End of the um, second hour, December 14, 2002. Watt from Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour three. December 14, 2002. Third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. Here's part 17 of the fourth tower of Inverness. And now we return to the thrilling adventure serial, The Fourth Tower of Inverness. Jack Flanders has found himself in a small valley, apparently on a plane of existence he was never aware of before. Following a narrow yellow brick road that leads out of the valley and up through the mountains, Jack suddenly looks up and sees, shimmering in the sun, high upon a mountaintop, the seven-spiral palace of the wicked Kubla Kubla. This is very reminiscent of Inverness, but Inverness doesn't have the smell of evil this place has. And yet I... I don't feel afraid. Maybe it's this staff the old fellow lent me. I feel very strong. But as he draws closer and closer to the palace, the air begins to chill around him. The birds become rather scarce, and Jack's courage begins to decrease with each step. Oh, this place is too creepy. Darn, it's impossible to get around it in any way. What would Lord Jowls have done? Wait a minute. What he might have done is send his mind in first. In that way, I'll be able to check the place out and watch my body, too. By going into my alpha level, I can be in two places at the same time. Auntie Jowls' fake intercom did come in handy after all. It showed me I could do it. Now, let's see. Take three deep breaths and count down. Three. 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 Two. 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 One. 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 There. I'm in the alpha level. Now, through that thick door. What a strange castle. Very high vaulted ceilings. It's odd. It appears vacant. The yellow brick road curves through the dining hall, past this long, heavy oak table. Hmm. Everything is covered with dust. This place hasn't been jumping in some time. Hmm. Now, now the road seems to... Yes, it must be the main hall. It is. The road leads straight to the throne, then, then turns left and continues on. From there, it must lead out of the castle. Well, I guess I'll return to my body and think this thing out. Ah, oh, there. Oh, I guess it's okay to continue on if I can just get this door open. Oh, it's not locked. 
Feels like it hasn't been opened in centuries. I think I'll leave it open a crack just in case I have to beat a quick retreat. Hey, what the... It closed behind me. Oh, shoot. It's locked. Oh, boy, now I'm in a fine pickle. Well, I guess I may as well continue onwards. Where am I now? Oh, it's the dining hall. Let's see, past the long oak table again. Hey, wait a minute. That's strange. This table was covered with dust a moment ago. Now it's, it's perfectly... Hello, what's this? A setting. A fork and a knife and a plate and goblet and a, a large covered silver platter. I wonder what's beneath that lid. I'll peek. No, on second thought I won't peek. I think I'll just keep going instead. Oh, here's the main hall. And the throne at the end there, yeah. Maybe it'll be smooth going after all. Wait a minute. There wasn't anyone sitting in that throne before. Is he alive? An old man with a beard down to his knees. Well, if he is still alive, he must be asleep. I might just be able to tiptoe past. Uh-oh. An eyelid lifts. My son, stop for a moment and exchange a few words with a roundry old man. Oh, hi there. Uh, look, I really don't have much time, you see. I'm just passing through. Time? What is time? Have you ever tried to time time? Time, time? <laughs> Where I come from, that's what they do all the time. Clocks. Clocks. Pray, let me see your hands. Hmm? hmm? What is the time of your destiny? The time of my destiny? Perhaps it's circular. A circular destiny? To repeat over and over until the lesson is around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, it's been nice talking with you, but I, I've really Pray, got to... a ringer a little while a wronger. I'm a very wrongery king. No subjects, as you can see. Well, who sets the table? Ah, supper time. Hark! The supper bell ringing far off across the autumn fields as the cherry blossoms silently flutter down upon the snowy ground. Will you have supper? Well, look, I'd really prefer to continue on if On down the yellow brick road? Yeah, that's right. Well, then someday when you are as old as I and your beard is so wrong you can tuck the tip into the top of your shoe, I hope you'll have more tolerance than I have for you. Well, I'm sorry. Trust is such a fragile thing. Goodbye. Goodbye, young man. May your path lead you to a present now. Yeah, I'll see you. 
well have a nipple in the great dining hall. Yes, what have we here? Wild grouse, a feast fit for a king. led me right back to the dining hall. <laughs> yes, yes. It's a tricky thorough. A little like treading upon the back of a snake. At any moment, it's riber to turn and nip at you. Well, how do I get out of here? <laughs> out of here? <laughs> <laughs> How do I get out of this place? Won't you join me in some supper? I'm not hungry. Mm, the roast grouse is most delicious. No, thank you. How about some peas? They're lovely. <sighs> Look at the way they roar about on the plate, like hundreds of little green eyeballs. Mm. <laughs> so much fun to stab. <laughs> Your green eyes with their soft eyes. <laughs> Your eyes that promise sweet nights Bring to my soul a wronging <laughs> A thirst for love divine Look, could you just tell me how to get out of here? Oh, won't you at least have some whole wheat bread? No, no, thanks. I would just oh, want to get... very nourishing good for the teeth. <laughs> Stone ground keeps them sharp. Ah, here are mushrooms. I just want to get out of here. Oh, well, then, let me help you. Excuse me. There is a key somewhere. Oh, good. Let me see. Where did I put that? No, not here. Not here. I must have left it some... <gasps> ah, I remember. I will write back. I've stepped into it this time. Gooseberry pie. Hmm. No. Much as I'd like to have some gooseberry pie, there's something about that covered platter, as though it were waiting just for me. Well, maybe just a tiny peek under the cover. Hmm. It's a big pie, isn't it? Golden brown, freshly baked... Well, he did offer me some. It's probably all right. 
I'll just, I'll just slide it over here and, and slice me a big... Wait a minute. Did I see that crust bulge? As though something bumped its head against the top? Do you think there's something inside? Well, uh, I'll, I'll just take a little peek under the crust here. Just raise up one side, just a hairline of a peak. Well, it's dark under the crust, but now I think I can... Good God! There's thousands of tiny little green eyes staring at me! Oh, let me out of here. I'm getting out of here. been baked into the gooseberry pie. So, hmm, does not that make your nostrils snort with approval? Would you care for a piece no, of pie? No, 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 uh, I just want to leave right now. Let's see. I'll slice it right across the top, D- like this! No. <laughs> and then it happens. The moment the knife blade slices through the thin upper crust, the whole pie explodes into life. Out they pour, thousands of them, green demon eyes glaring, sharp little teeth snapping, claws clutching. It's the dreaded, demented demon dwarves. Yikes! Let me out of here! Feets, do your stuff! Too late, for the wicked Kubla Kubla points with a crooked arthritic finger and says... And they jump upon Jack like a flash. Even the strength of his healthy aura cannot hold back these fiendish devils as they climb under his arms and up his pant leg and tickle mercilessly. Hey, cut that out! Cut it out! Take this and and take that! Yes, Jack has remembered his sturdy staff and he unleashes it with deadly accuracy, sending the demented little demons flying every which way. But more and more come leaping out of the gooseberry pie. Jack is forced to retreat, finally forced to turn on his heels and flee, whacking this way and that way as the demented demon dwarves follow in hot-hopping, gleeful pursuit. But as before, the narrow yellow brick road leads Jack right back through the great dining hall. And yet again they pass by. Is there no way out for our hero? Possibly not. And what about the wicked Kubla Kubla? Is that all you have to say, you wicked man? No, one more thing. A donkey laden with books is neither an intellectual nor a wise man, for it is said, however much one studies, one cannot know without action. Jack flails at the grabby little creatures, his sturdy staff taking out dozens with each hearty swing. But still they come, more and more from out of the woodwork, from everywhere. Oh, I just can't keep them off much longer. This, this yellow brick road just leads around and around in a circle. There, there must be a way out of this palace. This staff I'm flailing these demons with, I, I swear it's beginning to glow. Either from demon dust or it has some magic of some sort. Yes. The more this staff glows, the less close these demons dare come. I see. 
they've fallen back to regroup for a final attack. And the wicked Kubla Kubla himself is going to direct the attack. Oh, God, he's holding his baton high and... and that song! That, that song is causing him to go into a mad frenzy. I've got to get out of here. Wait, wait. The staff, it's, it, it's almost alive. It, it, it's tugging at my hands. It's, it's directing me to those steps that lead downwards into solid blackness. What if it's a trap? Still, I, I have no choice but to follow. Oh, the staff glows a pale, bluish light. I can see quite well. The steps seem to lead in a spiral down and, and down, deeper and deeper into the bowels of the earth. This is a horrible place to be trapped. No room to fight. Still, these steps go, go deeper, deeper. And up there, there's, they're still rehearsing, so I have a chance. Oh, oh, here's the bottom. Oh, there's a heavy door here. I, I, I'll see if I can just push it. must be locked from the other side. Maybe it's just jammed. Damn, it won't budge. It had better budge, Jack, because those tiny, horrible, little, demented demon dwarves have completed choir practice and are now worked into a frothing, fiendish frenzy and are about to storm down those spiral steps and leap for your throat. And speak of the devil, here they come. Yikes, here they come, and I'm trapped at the bottom of this well. Oh, come on, door, please, please, open. Oh, no, it won't budge. In a moment, they'll be on me, tickling me until I fall to the floor. I've got to get out somehow. Psst, Jack, use your staff. Strike the lock with your staff. Good idea. It opened. I'm free. And just in the nick of time, for those fiendish creatures are almost upon him. I'm back in the fourth tower. I've got to seal this door before they enter the tower. Otherwise, they'll overrun all of Inverness. What a nauseating thought. Too late to close. For as Jack pushes the heavy door, they push back with a force greater than his. His feet slip on the damp stone floor, and in they pour into the fourth tower, one over the other, leaping upon his fallen body. But they melt. Like soft oleomargarine, they slowly melt into a soggy green puddle, seeping and sizzling into the cracks. The remaining demons that have not stepped into the tower take flight back to where they came. Well, I'll be darned. As soon as those nasty little demons stepped into the fourth tower, they dissolved. As though this tower were a sacred place and would not tolerate such blasphemy. I don't think I'm prepared to venture any further up into this tower. I think I'll return and rest a bit at Inverness. And so Jack returns, back down the steps of the tower, across the extension ladder bridge, back through the walls of the old Victorian mansion, and in through the sliding panel in the study. Well, it's good to be back. Seems like I've been away for years. Odd. Things look different, somehow. It's strange that there's no one about. It's so quiet. Welcome back! Oh, oh, it's you, Jives. I didn't see you standing in the shadows there. You scared me. Did you have a pleasant trip, Master Jack? Jives, come over here. Step into the light. Jives! What happened? You, 
You're so old. Master Jack has been away for a long time. Because everybody has an external model in the West of what you're supposed to do. I'll do this. I'll go from point A to point B, and then I'll be there. <laughs> Where will you be? Well, I'll be here. Well, if you could be here, you'd be here. <laughs> you think by going there, you'll be here? <laughs> See, it's only when you realize that there's no there that you're here. And until then, you keep going there. Interminably. Lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. Right? It's always there. Mm.
Watt from Pedro Show. That's the Dicks with Rich Daddy. Before that, Southern Girls by uh, the Moths. I think a Charleston band. Yeah. Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, started third hour out with part 17 of the fourth tower of Inverness. Things are getting a little violent <laughs> for Jack Flanders. Two places at once. Two twice, places at once. Twice as many problems. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next I'm going to play uh, a CD this cat in Milwaukee gave me. Uh, no song titles. But the CD is called uh, The Tallest The Tallest Jockey in Town. And this is track number four, Watt from Pedro Show. In Mexico, the gimmick is to find a local junkie with a government script, whereby they are allowed a certain quantity every month. Our man was old Ike, who'd spent most of his life in the States. I was traveling with Irene Kelly, and her was a sporting woman. In Boot, state of Montana, she gets the co-cars and runs through the hotel screaming Chinese coppers chase her with meat cleavers. I knew this cop in Chicago, Sniff Coke, used to come in form of crystals, blue crystals. So he go nuts and start screaming the Federals is after him and run down this alley and stick his head in the garbage can. And I said, what do you think you are doing? And he say, 
Get away or I shoot you. I got myself hit good. We're getting some sea on our exit this time. Shoot it in the main line, son. You can smell it going in, clean and cold in your nose and throat. Then a rush of pure pleasure right through the brain, lighting up those sea connections. Your head shatters in white explosions. Ten minutes later, you want another shot. You'll walk across town for another shot. But if you can't score for C, you eat, sleep, and forget about it. Now, this is a yet of the brain alone, a need without feeling and without body. Earthbound ghost need, rancid ectoplasm swept out by an old junkie coughing and spitting in the sick morning. One morning you wake up and take a speedball and feel bugs under your skin. 1890 cops with black mustaches block the doors and lean in through the windows, snarling their lips back from blue and gold embossed badges. Junkies march through the room singing the Muslim funeral song, bear the body of Bill Gaines, stigmata of his needle wounds glow with a soft blue flame. Purposeful schizophrenic detectives sniff at your chamber pot. It's the coke horrors. Sit back and play it cool. And shoot in plenty of that G.I.M. Day of the dead, I got the chucks and ate my little Willie's sugar skull. He cried and I had to go out for another. Walk past the cocktail lounge where they blasted the high lie bookie. Sorry about that. Some Bill Burroughs coming through the uh, 
dealio there. Um, that last tune there was Bert. Well, the name of the tune, I don't know, because they're not listed, but it's track number four on the uh, infamous CD gave me called Watts Fucking Tunes. <laughs> Before that, we had Bill Burroughs doing a little spiel in Mexico. The gimmick is to so-and-so, something with drugs, huh? <laughs> Joe Boone and Tony Platt before that with the cover of the Minuteman Sickles and Hammers. I think I'm on the bass, I believe. And we started off with, again, track number four, title unknown because, uh, yeah, it wasn't listed. Tallest jockey in town. God, what was his name? Stayed at the, ha- the pad. Brian or Jeff or <laughs> Tim. <laughs> I can't remember. I'm sorry. No disrespect. That was a trippy uh, little tune there. Yeah, it's cool. No bells, samples. It's great about that kind of technology here. So let me try to get this going. Uh, I'm using the iPod here and uh, still kind of uh, rust uh, get getting the hang of it, you know, and. Uh, Okay, here we go. Marshall Ball, Watt from Pedro Show.
Thought was just high, gone over me. 
to pass the time without her near. The truth is so bothersome to hear. Pedro show. That's uh, the Mud People, San Diego band. Let's go. Well, bit of Blink One Eighty Two there. Huh? <laughs> before that, we had the Who doing Girl's Eyes. Did I play that in a show before? <laughs> I can't remember, but I like the song. It's a crazy ending. Uh, it's one of those bonus things at the end of uh, Sellout. Dos before that, I wear my son from Numero Dos. Duet for Vox, Fancy, in parentheses, Fancy. That's Miss Murgatroyd, which is Petra. And uh, what's her name? can't remember her name, but the accordion player lady. Forgive me. Put the thing in the sack. So. Uh, Read and Burn, live in San Diego. Wire. Thank you, Sharon Lyon, for that. Johnny Thunders with London Boys before that. And we started with Mama's Cook and Marsha Ball. I wonder if I played that one before. I think so. I, I know. <laughs> Yeah, like 70 other songs, and <laughs> I'm just getting a knack of this iPod thing. Uh, we'll come to the end of another Watt from Pedro show. Six days before Watt turns 45 time. Uh, got those benefits next week with those. I think a Hellride gig, too, so more Stooges still. That was really a blast doing those gigs with Jay and the Ashton Brothers. It really was, but it was loud, man. It drilled my head. Maybe that's good, huh? Uh, next week, Brother Matt, or are you leaving well, town? No, I'm probably, I think I'm going to be around, but I'm, I'm looking for, for He's a looking. destination. But most likely I'll be here. Because you're in the vacay days. Yeah, yeah, final days. Right. Walkie talkie track. Walkie talkie track. Leash tug. <laughs> Leash yank. Uh, so, everybody, uh, be calm with uh, whatever. Brother Matt had some crazy stuff here in his neighborhood last night. Oh, man. Yeah. So, no hitting girls, no fighting. Break, going to people's houses and fighting with them. And just, just keep it calm. <laughs> okay? Give the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> Um, keep your powder dry. <laughs>